You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. Damon Frank here, joining you today on Monday, July 3rd, day before the 4th of July. We've got a very special Recovered Life Show 4th of July special today. 4th of July show. We're talking about staying sober during the 4th of July. I'm going to go over some tips here for people that are new to sobriety, but even if you have decades of sobriety, stay tuned because we are going to go over some, you know, important topics, a new way to look at things, a new way to look at your recovery, a way that you can make it a day at a time. And we're going to dive in just in a second. But before I do, I'd like to request that if you're enjoying the show, guys, if you're liking it, if you're tuning in every week for the show, loving the guest, loving everything that we're doing here at Recovered Life, the best way that you could support us is go to recoveredlife.us and to sign up for our weekly newsletter. Also, like the video or podcast here wherever you might be watching it and give a little thumbs up note. Give a little note. Let us know that you are here. It really means the world to us. Now, diving into tips for staying sober during the 4th of July. I wanted to kind of talk with my about mindset. You know, I was doing a little reflection before the show thinking, you know, what am I going to talk about? You know, I, I don't want to go over always the same old tips, right? But you know, a lot of these tips, the reason why they're the same old tips is because these, these tips work. They work. It keeps people sober every 4th of July and day to day. So we're going to go over some tried and trues, but I'm also going to talk about thinking. I'm also going to talk about mindset here a little bit on the 4th of July and about how you can re-gear your mindset. Listen, if you guys have ever heard me in uh, one of our Recovered Life group meetings or heard videos or podcasts that I've done, I always talk about recovery and sobriety being a mindset a lot of the times, that it's a way in which you think, right? It's a way in which you think. It's almost like an energetic wave, if you will. It's a mindset, right? And you're either in that consciousness or you're not in that consciousness. And we've all had those experiences in sobriety uh, where we haven't been in the consciousness. Everything's tough. It's hard getting through day to day. We're not in the consciousness. All of a sudden we get back into that consciousness and mindset and everything's great. We're moving along and happy in our recovery. So I want to talk about that first. I want to talk about a healthy consciousness and mindset as you move into the 4th of July uh, celebrations that you might have. And, you know, that might just be you by yourself, you know, watching a TV show. That might be, you know, with friends and family, you know, everybody celebrates differently. But I want to talk about first that mindset because we're deep into a, for many people, a four-day weekend. And sometimes we can get out of the mindset. We're off of our regular schedule. We're not doing or the, the things that we normally do day to day. Things are a little different. And that's one of the things that can throw us off the mindset. So I've got a little thing here that I'm going to be doing this 4th of July that I want to share with you all. And that is reframing Independence Day. Look, you know that I'm a big uh, proponent that when I wake up in the morning, one of the first things that I do is I ask, you know, my higher power, uh, I, I give a big thank you for getting through that day, that last day clean and sober. And then also a, a, a big request, right? A big request. Hey, I'd like to, I'd like another day clean and sober. Can I please have another day clean and sober? 
Now, I know people are confused by that. I've had a lot of people tell me, you know, in coaching um, or just in general, when I share that, it's like, well, you know, that that that's kind of a negative way. I don't look at it like that. Right. I look at by asking for another day clean and sober. I'm doing a couple of things. One, I'm I'm asking for grace. I'm you know, I'm asking to access grace. Right. That's 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 a big thing. But the other thing that I'm doing is I'm changing the dialogue. The first thing that I'm doing in the morning is I'm saying, hey, there are certain absolutes in my life. One is that I'm an alcoholic and can't drink like my fellows. Right. So what it does is it starts the day with the acknowledgement of, hey, I have the ability to get through the day. I'm going to need help. And it's not just going to be me. That's going to bring that help, right? It's not all about me. And more importantly, what it does is it reframes that. It reminds me, hey, you know what? This is an absolute in my life. Like not drinking is where that's the normal for me. Like drinking, no. Like I don't do that, right? And right from the beginning, it does that. And I know people are saying, yeah, Damon, that's obvious. You've been sober, you know, several decades, like that's totally obvious. Like why, you know, you should get that. No, look, alcoholics, no matter how long that they have been sober can forget that they're alcoholics. We can forget. And I know people who've had 20 years of sobriety, 30 years of sobriety, woke up one day and didn't check in with themselves in a higher power. And they did that day after day after day. And then they literally it evaporated from their mind. The next thing that they know that they're drinking and they're like, how did I get here? Well, I think one of the barriers, the first barrier for that is to just have that mindset. Set it right in the morning, first thing. And sometimes I'll get a cup of coffee and I'll start my day, maybe check email right away, which isn't a good thing to do. And I'll forget, then I'll go back and I'll reset my day. I'll start with that. It's reframing your day, right? It's starting your day with that framework. Now, 4th of July, I think is interesting. We're talking about mindset. This is a great opportunity to use this reframing tool, this new mindset that you have in your recovery. And whether you have that a day or two or just struggling to get a day or two, maybe you've had a, you, maybe you've had a day sober or two days sober. You're starting to see it's like, okay, look, I've, I, I, you know what? There's something that's happening here when that, when, the longer that I'm sober. And a lot of that is a change of mindset like we were just talking about. I like to use Independence Day as a way to reframe that and say, look, let's embrace the fact that we are free from addiction today, that we're free. Let's celebrate. Let, let, let's embrace that freedom that we've had. Let's celebrate that freedom. You know, I could just say for myself that a lot of times I don't hit the pause button and say, wow, you know what? A life in recovery has given me a lot of things. It's given me a lot of things. I've been able to work hard. I've been able to get, you know, not only, you know, physical things that that I want, but also, you know, uh, people in my life and opportunities and experiences that I would not have gotten if I was still drinking. And this is so important is to celebrate, hey, I'm free from this. Now, we do this in our sober anniversaries, and I see this online all the time, but we should also do it on Independence Day. You know, we're not only celebrating our independence here in the United States, 
but we're also celebrating our independence from being free, from being enslaved by addiction. And this is a big thing. This is a big thing. And we don't a lot of times in recovery stop and say, you know what? I'm going to celebrate this. I'm going to I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to be thankful for this. And I'm going to celebrate the fact that today, and maybe that it's been the last couple of days or the last several years, the last several decades, free from being trapped in addiction. I think that's really, really important. So let's go on to some hard tips here. You know, um, one of the hardest things for me to do in recovery is to pick up that phone. We talk about that a lot, right? But I think you have to harness the power of support groups especially if you're new. Now, when I say support groups, a lot of times people think about 12-step, you know, AA meetings, NA meetings, maybe if you're into smart recovery, Buddhist recovery, whatever you're into. But support group could also be three or four people who are also in recovery or also have your back in general, right? I have been in positions in my life where I have been on 4th of July's where I'm not around anybody in recovery. Maybe I've had to make a call to somebody or maybe somebody knew me, right? Knows my story, knows my situation that I was able to kind of connect with and talk and feel like I had a connection. Somebody that I knew that I was connected with. Connecting is the big thing here, guys. One of the things we talk a lot in the recovered in recovered life in the community and I know a lot of recovered life coaches talk about this loss of connection. When we lose the connection, we have a problem. You know, not only with our higher power from a 12-step point of view, right? But also when we lose connection with other people. If we can't seem to say hi to somebody at the grocery store and see how they're doing and really listen to people or we don't want to pick up the phone or ever engage with people, that's a connection issue. And that's leading to a place where we're in a bad way. And that might not be in a bad way of picking up. That might just be in a bad way of not really not being able to live freely, not be able to really enjoy your life, right? Because it's not only physical sobriety and recovery that we're looking for. We're also looking for a great life. You know, our tag life here in Recovered Life is live your best recovered life. It's not just about staying sober. It's also about staying sober. Yes, you have to stay sober, but it's about living your best recovered life. And we're going to do that by the connection. So can you connect? And you know, maybe you're out with family or you've got kids or you're, you're, you're with parents or whatever you're doing and you're not really going to be able to make it. Is there a way to be able to do it the night before? Is there a way that you know where you're going to be that next day where you maybe have got that? Can you prepare a little bit today on the 3rd of July to make sure that you are good on the 4th of July. And that just might also be text messaging. You know, if you're not in a good place, ask some friends, two or three friends, hey, can we have a group text? If I'm not feeling the best, can I go ahead and text this group thing? And will you guys promise to get back to me within 15 minutes, a half an hour, an hour? You're gonna find that available. That's gonna be out there. And if that's not available to you, if you're newly sober and you're afraid to do that, just jumping into an online meeting, 12-step meeting. Uh, you know, we discuss those early in the in, in the pod here. It, they're out there. They're everywhere. They are everywhere. And you can jump in and make that happen. And you can go to Recovered Life, and there's a lot of recovery coaches too that will also just take that call for free, right? They'll take that call for free because, you know, look, we want everybody to be able to stay sober on 
the 4th of July. You know, I'm going to go over another tip here, and this is embracing positive rituals, right? Embracing positive rituals. Look, we got sober, and now we have a different kind of life. So maybe there's things that you'd like to do on the 4th of July that you wouldn't be able to do on a typical Tuesday. You know, I talked with a friend the other day, and and we also did an episode on this. Uh, uh, Sean and I did an episode on this about gardening. You know, she likes to garden. I like to garden, but haven't had time. Are there things that I want to do maybe on the 4th of July that I wouldn't be able to do in a typical work day? That might be mindful practices, doing a little bit of extra yoga, meditation, deep breathing. That can also reduce stress and really encourage your emotional stability. If you've got that, if, if, you, if you have those practices and you enjoy them, maybe you carve out a little bit of time to do that You know, on the 4th of July. Maybe you have a little bit more time than you normally can. Maybe you wake up 15, 20, half hour earlier on the 4th of July to make that happen. Physical activities. Hey, can you go swimming, hiking? Maybe a friendly game of basketball. Connect with somebody that you like doing physical activities with. Maybe you can go on that hike. You know, leave early in the morning. Go on that hike. And, you know, embrace those positive things that you have that, that you have gained in your recovery. Also, creative outlets. You know, are there crafts? I know our house is really big in crafting. There's always some sort of craft going on in our house, right? Maybe it is, you know, making those friendship bracelets. I was talking with somebody the other day who really loves doing it. They like making jewelry or stained glass or any kind of creative outlet that you might have, right? That is such a great time to be able to do that. Carve out a piece of your day to be able to celebrate your freedom and do that with positive rituals. Now, let's talk about the nitty gritty of physical sobriety here for a little bit. Sometimes you're placed in situations and I'm gonna share a couple of situations that I've been. I've been in 4th of July situations or holiday situations with people who either didn't know my background and situation, they didn't know I was sober, or they knew I was sober, but maybe didn't really support it so much or didn't understand it so much. And I was put in situations where I'm in alcohol or people asking me if I want to drink or literally handing me a drink, right? I've been in situations where people have handed me a drink. And what do you do in those situations, right? You have to have a plan when you go in. Now, I'm big if you feel like you can't, you don't have a barrier to say no, bringing a sober buddy. Now, a sober buddy might be somebody who's not necessarily in recovery, but knows your situation and they know that they are there to watch you to intervene. Now, you know, I've had uh, I, I, I've had this in business and personal situations where I've had people in business that knew my situation and say, Oh my God, I'm buying you a shot. And I'd say, Hey, no, 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 thanks. I'm, you know, I, you know, I don't drink or I'm not drinking, right? You don't have to go in. No, you're sober and why you're sober and everything. Just, Hey, I'm not drinking. And I've had that friend who loves to take the shots, not an alcoholic say, Hey, I'll take it for you. Right. And then I was able to move on to something else. Right. There were kind of a wingman, if you will, or wing woman or wing person that would help me be able to, if I was in bad situations, to be able to step in. I've had this at weddings, you know, where I've been to weddings and my wife has stepped in and said, oh, you know what? He doesn't drink, but, you know, I'll have a glass of wine because she's not an alcoholic. She doesn't have that problem, right? 
So having that wing person there when you really feel nervous, I think is the best thing. Or just not go at all. If you think it's too big of a risk, don't go at all. But if you have to go or you want to go and you still feel a little uneasy, bring that wing person, right? Bring that wingman to be able to be there with you if you feel uncomfortable, right? And a lot of people don't want to come and say, hey, I'm an alcoholic. I don't think that's a, a great thing to announce that you're in recovery to a bunch of people you don't know at a, a, or know a little bit, or maybe it's family that don't totally know the situation. Making big announcement at parties and stuff, high charge times, I, I've always said I don't really think is a good idea. It's not all about us there. There's other people there that are trying to enjoy themselves, right, and do stuff. And I think sometimes those aren't the best forums for high emotion conversations, right? Just pick a random Thursday in August to do that. You don't have to do that now. You don't make any great big amends on the 4th of July holiday party to your uncle or whatever. Like, not a really great idea, I think, because it's just not the time and place. That's that's my opinion that I have on share on that. Um, everybody has their own plan, but I've never seen that work out. Now, here's a thing that I think is very important for people in recovery. You have to plan an emergency exit plan, right? Now, when I say emergency exit plan, I mean, hey, there's a fire in the building. What doors? How do we get out of this skyscraper if there's a fire? How do we get out of this house if uh, if there's a flood that's happening or a hurricane, right? Yes, it is an emergency exit plan. Because you drinking is an emergency, so you need a plan. Like, everybody has a plan. Like, you go with your kids to, you know, um, to uh, Disneyland, and you get separated. There's a plan. Hey, we're going to meet over at, you know, uh, the, the, the Mickey Mouse, uh, you know, ride if we all get separated at this time. Or we're going to meet back here at this time. Or, hey, if we get separated on this hike, we're going to meet here. You need that. You need an emergency exit plan for your recovery. And I'm telling you, it's super, super important. It is super important. So when you go in and you feel uneasy, right? You need to make sure that you've identified that support person and they can get you out of there. You have to make sure that you have secure, safe transportation. Now, a lot of times people will go in cars that are not their own. I always say, if you can drive yourself, great. If you don't have that, do you have a couple bucks loaded on your Uber app that you can literally hit a thing and walk out and say, oh, I just found out that I left my backyard sprinklers on. I got to run. So great seeing you. Get out of there, right? Rehearse it. People laugh at me. You know, I've I, uh, I, I've coached business people that say, damn, you know, I've, I run, you know, huge companies, huge thing. And you know, it's like, I could figure out how to get out. But then when they're put in that situation, they end up drinking because they said, I just didn't have the words for it. Rehearse it. Rehearse it. Hey, you know, I'm feeling like I have a headache. I'm feeling not the best. Hey, I told my friend that I would meet him. Right. And go. And if somebody knows your situation, you could say, Hey, you know what? I've just had enough today. I'm going to go home and rest or whatever. Have that emergency plan. Rehearse it. Walk it through. Walk it through with someone. And I'm going to tell you, if you are on the bubble here this 4th of July, if you are on the bubble, and I'm not talking about somebody who has a, a uh, just somebody who has a day of sobriety or a week of sobriety or 90 days of sobriety. I'm talking with somebody who could have 
25 years of sobriety, but you're just not feeling like you're feeling like, Hey, you're having cravings that you, that you could pick up that stuff might be happening. I'm telling you right now, like if it between, between you drinking and you going and letting people down because you weren't seeing the 4th of July fireworks, don't go. Don't go. It's not worth it. And if you are going to go, have that support person there. Have that wingman there if you're really feeling on the bubble. Here's the other thing. Here's, here's, a, here's a tip that I think is really good. For 4th of July, it's easier than any other holiday to be able to plan your drinks. Now, you know, I talked about this with Jeff Graham in uh, an episode that we did about uh, sober tailgating. Hey, guys, if you guys are sports fans and you go to sports events, and you do any kind of tailgating and it doesn't just have to be football. You got to listen to that episode. It is so great. It's so great. And he talks about this a lot about how you, you know, can bring your own beverages, bring a cooler, a lot of stuff's outside, bring your cooler, bring your own solo cup, right? Bring your own glass that you know that you can trust at yours. Don't put that down. Always have that with you, right? Because those can make it identifiable and make it yours. You know, I'm a big iced tea drinker. I love the caffeine. I I admit it, right? Like, so I will bring my own iced tea. I will bring my own soda sometimes if I want that. I will bring that and have that, especially with people who are big drinkers. And there, there are people that have been in my life that are drinkers and they gear holidays around drinking and good for them. They don't, they, they don't have an issue. Like I have an issue, right? Or if they do, they haven't identified it yet. And that's their thing. My thing is staying sober day to day, right? So I will bring, I will bring things that will make me feel comfortable in those situations. Right. And that's my own cup. That's my own drink sometimes. And that's fine. I've never had a host say, Oh, we'd prefer you not bringing your own iced tea. Never have had that happen in almost 30 years of getting into a sobriety. Never have had that happen once where somebody says, oh, I don't like the fact that you brought extra things. And sometimes I'll share it. You know, I've been at, um, I've shared this before on the pod that I've been to events where all of a sudden somebody else popped up that's sober that didn't bring their stuff. And I'm like, hey, you know, you in recovery? Yes. Hey, I've, don't don't worry. I got you covered. I got a, I got a Diet Coke here for you, right? Because the host didn't have that because it was all geared around drinking in those cases, right? So, and in those, you know, have a firm in and out. Know when you're coming in, know when you're leaving the recover the, the party. You don't you don't need to stay forever. I'm always a, a good like get there early before people start really drinking heavily, exit, right? Or get there just for the fireworks, right? You you can make your own rules here. People understand. And and by the way, if people don't understand, that's that's okay. That that's worth the price, I say. That's worth the price, you know. Not everybody's going to understand your situation. But that is oh that is okay. So have that emergency plan, bring those drinks. My final little tip here, and I have used this for years, and any time that I have not used this for any holiday, especially the 4th of July, I uh, I always have problems. Look, we know that um I know for me if I don't eat, I get grumpy. If I don't eat, I don't make the good decisions. I can get a little lightheaded, right? So I make sure before I go that I've eaten, that I've eaten. 
Or if that isn't possible, I make sure that I bring something that I can eat to get me through because I don't, you know, I've been to a lot of events where people it's geared around drinking at the very beginning of it. Right. And I've had to be there because of family or friends or whatever. Right. And I'm there and I didn't know the situation and yeah, it's supposed to be a barbecue, but it's now nine 30 and no one's barbecued. Right. Right. So, and you know, you got there at three and you didn't have a good lunch. So now you're what I call hangry, right? Don't put yourself in that situation. Carve your own safety net for that stuff. And I always say, eat before you go. Eat before you go. If that means you don't have that extra burger and hot dog, people will understand. People will understand. Now, this is my final thoughts on the staying sober during the fourth. And I hope somebody got something out of this. And no matter if you're listening on the pod or if you're hearing this on YouTube or wherever you might be seeing this, um, in our newsletter, please comment down below because we always love your suggestions and definitely like, share, and follow. Here is my final tip. Don't overthink things. Once you have your plan, don't worry about what other people think. I've spent so much of my recovery worrying about what people would think in business if I was sober, what people in my family would think, what friends that I would meet, you know, Going early on when my, my kid was young, like, oh, I'm going to go to this block party thing and they're going to wonder why I'm not drinking the beer, right? So much time spent on worrying what other people think. And I'm going to tell you, one of the biggest gifts that I've learned in recovery is it's not all about us. It's not all about you. Most people are thinking about themselves 24-7, 365. And rarely have I ever been in a situation where I said, oh, no, no, thanks. I'm not drinking today. Are you sure you can have one? And if I'm pushed, hey, I don't drink. Rarely have I ever been in a situation where somebody has pushed back. And I'm going to tell you on all of the times where people push back, those were always alcoholics. Typically, I'm self-diagnosing people here. Uh, people who had problems with substance abuse trying to feel normal in their own thing, pushing it on me. That's the only time in many of those people I saw back come around. They'd either be in a 12 step meeting or would call me. Hey, I heard you don't drink. How'd you do that? Right. So many times the people who have the biggest problems with this are the people who suffer from it the most, right? Don't you do you do you don't worry so much, especially the younger people in recovery. They're so, we put so much pressure on ourselves. What are they going to think? This is the first time I've been in an event. They're going to think this, they're going to think that. Trust me, people are thinking about themselves most of the time. They're not thinking about you most of the time. And we're overthinking it. Anybody who has a massive problem that you're no longer killing yourself, you have to question, man, if you really want them in your life. You have to question that. If they have such a huge problem that you're not drinking or using drugs, you have to maybe question, is this person for me? Maybe I love this person, but I can love them at a far. I don't have to hang around with them on the 4th of July. Guys, that's my final thought here. I hope everybody has an amazing 4th of July. Hope I want you to go out and celebrate. I want you to celebrate your commitment to freedom from drugs and alcohol, or whatever you guys are li listening here or recovering from. 
celebrate your freedom from that. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Not many people have the opportunity to get and stay sober like you have. Celebrate that. Embrace that. Wishing everybody out there a happy 4th of July, and I'll touch you guys in the next episode. Sometimes addiction recovery can be a lonely battle, but you don't have to fight it alone. At Recovered Life, we're dedicated to helping you live your best recovered life. And that's why we're inviting you to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter. Every week, we carefully curate exclusive content from leading minds in addiction recovery, mental health, and all things important to the recovery lifestyle. Stay in the know with the latest news about addiction and get exclusive invitations to specially recovery-focused events and explore insights tailored to support recovery from alcoholism, drug addiction, codependency, disordered eating, dysfunctional family dynamics, gambling, and so much more. With our newsletter, each week becomes an opportunity for growth, healing, and taking a step closer to the life you deserve. Take your first step towards a brighter future today. Go to recoveredlife.us and subscribe for free. Sign up now at recoveredlife.us.